It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornchain. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornchain. I'm the senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley right here in Colorado Springs. I'm thrilled that you're tuning in because we're continuing in our study of eschatology. Now, we have wrapped up a series of discussions, uh, some very hot topics maybe uh, topics that you had some questions on. I hope that we were able to answer those. We talked about the rapture, maybe raptures in the plural. We've we've talked about the mark of the beast. We've spent some time even just talking about uh, how we should study end-time prophecy. Again, this is all summary of a study we did that took about 18 months to get through, even here on the radio. And so we want to thank you again for tuning in. And what we're hoping to do then is just summarize some very hot topics as we look at the end of days. And, and the study of eschatology, and we use the book of Revelation as our roadmap. But to help me do that, here in the studio, a very special friend, you've gotten to know him over the last few weeks as well, Dr. Steve Ford. Dr. Ford, welcome back to Engage in Truth. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. These weeks just fly by. They do. We've had such a great time discussing the book of Revelation, discussing the Lord, who we love and serve and honor, and and we're just here to do more of that today and Amen. to focus on prophecy in the end times. It's just such a great assurance when we see these prophecies that have been predicted from so long ago coming true. Amen. And we realize that the Lord is in charge, the Lord has a plan, and that we're part of that plan. That's, that's a, right. It's a blessing that we actually get to be part of what he's doing here Amen. Uh, while we live our lives waiting for his imminent return. That's right. That's right. And in fact, uh, you know, you just gave a great plug because this weekend at Calvary Fellowship, we're doing a study on the kingdom of God. Awesome. And, and we're going to look at that universal kingdom and, and the kingdom that he has mediated as he operates through men to accomplish his purposes in waiting for that millennial kingdom that will merge into the eternal kingdom. Right. What a study as we look at that. And I, I hope and certainly I pray through this that as, the, as we talk about these very deep things, that it's not daunting, it's not intimidating, but rather, if anything, our listeners right now are encouraged and and really challenged to say, I'm going to go read that for myself. Yeah, I'm going to pick up that book, that intimidating book, or at least the perception of it, right. as you look at the book of Revelation or even all the prophetic books of Scripture. Maybe we dance around those because they're just, uh, the language is maybe just beyond what I can comprehend at the moment. I don't like all the judgment in it or whatever that might look like. And we certainly have our perceptions of prophecy. And I hope that as we talk about it, people are more excited Right. Go, oh, more comfortable with it. Yeah, right? I'm going to go look that up for myself. That yeah. sounds great. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So, even though they're tough topics, and I know we've got some tough discussion even today, yeah. uh, we got to get through it. So, uh, you know, I, it hit me. I know you've been not pulling the punches here. <laughs> you've been hit me with some some very uh, direct questions, deep discussion points. And it's unfortunate because I know in our short time, we just can't seem to always get through them. But right. I think we've made our way through it successfully in some of those hard topics. And I know there are many more to come, but we were talking about false prophets right. just not long ago. Yeah, What's been on your heart regarding that? Well, definitely we've been told in the end times that there will be false prophets. There have been false Christs. There have been antichrists, mm. you know, as we read in, in, in John's epistles, you know, from the very beginning, you know, right. uh, as he's heading into the Gnosticism of the second century, you know, already things are starting to arise in the early church. But Scripture would indicate that that's going to be even more so as as we head into the end times, into the very last days. And we see that even now. And, and some of the things in the recent past in, in our own culture with, uh, you know, conspiracy theories and mm. 
almost anybody with a, a webcam now can can come right. on as a virtual false prophet uh, yeah. to, to say whatever they want. And I think one of the concerns that I have is it just really creates a lot of anxiety and fear, and it really gets people stirred up. And 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 there's uh, a lot of mistruths being told about uh, mm. about scripture, about the end times, uh, and about what's even happening. You know, currently we've had so much conflict recently with the election, yeah. post-election, the conspiracy theories that uh, President Trump is coming back and he's coordinating all these things from afar. And I don't mean to insult anybody by these things, but it's right, right. it's really made people fearful and unsettled and unsure. Uh, some people have said that uh, uh, even on the Internet that they've been told things by the Lord, that things were going to happen a certain way, and then they don't happen that way. And that can really negatively impact people's faith. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah, let's get into this one. I mean, we talk about false prophets. Uh, let's just look at prophecy as a whole. You know, that's what we do. We just look through scripture, let the scripture be our guide. And, right. and what does the Bible have to talk about when addressing this subject of, of prophets and prophecy? And, and of course, as we look at the 18 books of prophecy, uh, that that's not an exaggeration. That, that are 18 books. Now, of course, the Bibles we have it today is not an exact match to the Hebrew Bible. For example, though, though maybe one text is actually divided into two uh, within right. within our 66 books of the canonized text. But there are at least these 18, we have the major and minor prophets, and we can add John into that equation with the book of Revelation, but actually he's just the pen of Almighty God, as right. all the prophets were. They were the voice of God. They just simply gave the message that God gave them to give. And it was in a combination of foretelling and foretelling. But our emphasis is always on the foretelling, right, right. right? The future predictions of things, rather than sometimes just being the word of truth in the midst of chaos, even if you get beat up for it. Yeah. Uh, we can talk to Jeremiah about that yeah, when we see definitely. him in the kingdom of a prophet who would just get beat up and he didn't, didn't even want to do it anymore because the, the people's hearts were so hardened and he didn't want to do it. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 20, you know, he has to go through all of that to finally come back to that understanding. I, there's a fire burning in me. I have to, even though he felt duped, I don't want to do it anymore. And I could just, I could so understand the heart of Jeremiah as he goes through chapter 20 there. I just, I think that's, as we understand the hearts of prophets, these were real men. Yeah. I think that's so important because you see that with Elijah as well. I'm yeah. done. I'm over it. And, you know, <laughs> you know, that sort of, and even, you know, John the Baptist, when he's in prison and kind of questioning, it's like, well, what's, what's going on here? This isn't working out exactly the way I thought it was going right. to work out. You know, so we definitely, it definitely humanizes the yeah. prophets and helps us to realize, as you said, that they're they're people just like us. Right. And they were just given glimpses at times. They right. there was even the mystery, is even Jesus speaks of this mystery in Matthew thirteen of between his first coming and second coming. Right. They didn't even fully understand that. Right. So they're just God. given a piece, communicate what they're told to communicate, and trust God with all of the results of that. But these were men who were called. And you can qualify that. You you can see the source of how God called them, the accountability in the word, even other prophets that would validate them. We see right. that that's how we qualify even the New Testament of, you know, Peter giving the endorsement of Paul and vice versa. And, and it's good accountability within the word. Let me just uh, share this number. I think this is very uh, maybe eye-opening to some. We've talked about the Bible being potentially as much a third of the content of it being prophetic in some stance or, or position or verbiage 
that seems to give a, an indication of future events or the will or ways of God uh, for uh, societies that are forthcoming even. Uh, so that about almost a third of the whole context of the Bible encompasses that. And, and it's been stated that there are some prophetic statements or predictions to the total of 8,000 plus in the scripture wow. that fulfilled 3,000. 268 of those fulfilled, unfulfilled some 3,140. Now, of just the prophecies, like these are actual prophetic statements, not a prophetic context, but a prophetic statement, it has been estimated that there are 2,400 to 2,500 prophecies, and 2,000 of those have been fulfilled exactly as the Bible said would that's occur. Amazing. We talked about Cyrus some a couple weeks right, ago, and incredible. even 150 years before his kingdom, all of that had been conveyed in detail about yeah. what he would do. There, I mean, it's amazing when you think about that only four to 500 of these prophecies remain unfulfilled, of these spoken, declared prophecies. No other text does that, yeah. where it puts itself out there to be ridiculed even if it didn't occur. And you said that. Yeah. There are people out there saying, this is going to happen, and it doesn't happen. Right. It makes us all look bad. It makes us look like fools. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. a serious situ- issue there. Right? I mean, we've got we've to be precise with the Word of God. Uh, so it, it, let me just uh, give some more highlight here, <laughs> and you can jump in at any time. <laughs> I'm just going to run with this because you asked me about this very serious subject, and uh, let me highlight here with the Old Testament prophets, Hebrews 1, 1 to 2 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Okay, wait a minute. There's a clear dividing line there that the prophets were used by God to speak that truth to us. Now, even the book of Revelation that would come after Hebrews around 90 or so AD thereabout, uh, this is the final word from Jesus Christ. He's the capstone of the prophecy that's given. There were 49 male prophets in the Old Testament, seven female prophets, for a total of 56 prophets in Scripture of the Old Testament. I find that very interesting. I, I love the, the numerology even in Scripture, and we see that that is a perfect number of the exact descendants in Jesus' lineage, the number 56 in there as well. Jesus recognized Daniel as a prophet, even though in Judaism they won't. Right. Uh, Jesus called Daniel a prophet in Matthew 24, 15, and in Mark 1, 14 to 15. That's where it was recorded. So if Jesus says he's a prophet, he's, he's a, a prophet, prophet yeah. right? Uh, now, the Bible does warn us then about false prophets. They're going to come. Uh, let's read those. Matthew 24, 23 to 25. He says, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. He says in Matthew seven fifteen, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Even Peter had this to say, 2 Peter 2, 1 to 3. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive waves, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words, for a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. So no discerning Christian trusts 
any and every miracle. They must test these things. We're told to do that in 1 John 4.1. Is it a miracle or is this demonic? Is this truly divine? Because we know that the devil masquerades as an angel of light, and so do his workers. So we need to be very discerning by way of the Holy Spirit. What is being told here? Let's go back even further. Deuteronomy for a moment. God allows even witchcraft and sorcery to exist in this world under the rule of this present darkness. In Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 12, it says, When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. So why does God allow that? That's, I think, the big question. Why would he allow that to exist in his kingdom? I mean, he is the God over the universal kingdom. Anything that's ever been created is under his authority. And he tells us in Judges 3.1 to test his people. He says this in Deuteronomy 18.20-22, But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. And then he says even further in Deuteronomy 13, 1 to 5, if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and he gives you a sign or wonder and the sign or wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you, let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage, to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. You shall put away the evil from your midst. And we know that demons, even during the time of the, the book of Acts, as it was being written in Acts 16, 16 to 19, we see a slave girl who even would give a glimpse of the future. Right. People would pay her to be a fortune teller, a, a foreteller, if you will. And we even see the spirit that was summoned in Endor in 1 Samuel chapter 28, very controversial section there. And let me again read this, 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So the question becomes then, how do we test the spirits? And ultimately, it always comes back to God's word. And I, I, I don't mean to just bulldoze you here, Dr. Ford. Let me just give a couple more points on this, and I'll let you chime in because you're always filled with wisdom on this. Uh, as you look to the New Testament, as we've now talked a lot about the Old Testament, in the New Testament, prophesying, prophecies, or a prophet, that particular definition or words or combination of words is used 200 times in the New Testament. 
So even a prophet of the New Testament was not a foreign thing. In fact, we see that in Rome, in Romans 12.6, in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 12.10, Ephesus in Ephesians 4.11, Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, Antioch in Acts 13.1. There were several prophets, all highlighted even throughout the book of Acts. Even Philip's four virgin daughters right. were prophetesses. Is right? <laughs> uh, Ananias, even in Acts 9, 10 to 19. So the gift of prophecy was vital uh, to the early church, and we see that in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 22, but not in the sense of authoritative, some sort of a, this is the inerrancy of God. This is God's voice, but as a word of edification, exhortation, and consolation, as we see in 1 Corinthians 14, Three. In fact, the Greek translation of that means to speak forth, that you would be bold with God's word, uh, using discernment of the Holy Spirit, right? You, you can't right. just go uh, speaking just out of emotional state or without uh, construct or accountability to God's word. So to prophesy is to declare the divine will, to interpret the purposes of God, all designed to influence his people. There is a difference then between forthtelling and and foretelling. So Paul wrote the words of 1 Corinthians around 57 AD, in which he's outlining the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The book of Revelation would still follow several decades later, in which we'd have the final written word of Jesus Christ, and he gives us those powerful words in Revelation 22, 18 and 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to the things God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life and from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. What was hidden in Daniel, it was to be sealed up, was revealed in the book of Revelation. And there's a big confusion between visions and dreams and prophecy and that comes from Acts chapter 2, 17 and 19. He says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. And we read things like that, and we think, okay, so I can be a foreteller of future events that are not accountable to God's holy word. That's dangerous territory. I, I have had visions that have stirred me that I still remember vividly, right. but they were for me, and they were for a work that God was doing in my life. I dare not go out on public and say, this was a future event. Let me tell you about it. This will happen. <laughs> right. We have got to use such discernment in that. Otherwise, we'll create confusion, cloud the truth, and then people will read the truth for themselves. Always hold it accountable to God's holy word. That, that's the safeguard in all things. Right. I agree completely. We have to hold all these things accountable to the word of God. And even and I really I, I say these things with love, and I don't mean to be disparaging. I just right. think we need to be concerned about these things. But these... The false prophets that I've come in contact with have been more secondhand. Mm. And what I've been able to discern is exactly what you were talking about in Deuteronomy is they'll make a prophecy. The prophecy doesn't come true. Well, that's because there was some kind of background thing that we didn't know about. And I mean, there's always some excuse why right. the prophecy actually didn't come to fulfillment. 
And there is that little bit of ravenous wolves, you know, where they kind of lure people in, listen to my station, and while you're here, buy this product. <laughs> um, you know, right. so sometimes there are ulterior motives in there. But as you said, we have to look at scripture. We have to look at Deuteronomy. How do we know a false prophet, you know, from a true prophet and vice versa? And also, you know, from First yeah. John 4, you know, and, and being able to test the spirits. That's right. And does this spirit testify that Jesus is the Christ and that he came in the flesh and that he died for us and, right. and speak the truth of scripture? Yeah, I mean, God has given us this amazing, I mean, think about all the work that went into giving us his canonized text. And somehow we think that's not sufficient today. Right. That all the labors of people would hold on to one leaf because the word was so important. And somebody's life may have been given for that. If you've ever done a tour of the Bible Museum, you'll even see some leaves of, of ancient text of Scripture that even are, have blood stains on them still. Wow. I mean, so much sacrifice to give us this canonized text. And then we think, maybe it's just that we're addicted to spiritualism. We sure. want to hear something new. We're like a, we're like the Greeks. We're enticed right, by right. the the Some wisdom of thing. things, or the the Jews who wanted to see a sign. Mm-hmm. We've got to have something new added. When the eighteen books of prophecy give us so much detail, we don't really need to add any more. What we need to do is spend more time studying what's already there right, right. and ask God for clarity in that. And I think your mind will be well. It's, it's going to get blown. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're just not going to comprehend it all. And then you got to yeah. pray and read it again right. and read it again. And as we've talked about, when you read the Book of Revelation, you are blessed for reading it. Yeah. And by discernment of the Holy Spirit, He'll give you understanding. Yeah. And it only comes by way of the Holy Spirit. Definitely. And it's the seeker. It's yeah. Lord, I want to know your will and your desire. And he's, he's made it perfectly clear. Right. You know, pr- Christ, it was, it, when Paul was preaching about Christ, he's like, I, I preach Christ crucified. Yeah. A- and the message was simple. It's the gospel message that we deviate from time and time again because we get so drawn away by, oh, who's got the latest inside scoop that I could catch the devil in the act? Yeah. And I'm going to be the one who gets the headline news report that says, I know the outcome of this. Right. And I know who the Antichrist the is. Pride. And I know exactly what the mark of the beast is. Right. And it's like, well, what's the motive yeah. in all is of this that? Is this edifying the body? Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. Is that edifying the pride of the individual who's giving the message? Right. Does it bolster their viewers? Yeah. Does it sell more books? <laughs> right. I mean, right. I, we hate to say that, but no, it's like the, it's, the Bible yeah. is beautiful. It, it is, is beautiful. It is 60,000 cross-references. It is accountable to itself. It is the word of God revealed to us. There's no longer a mystery. We now have the truth. Walk in it. It should be sufficient. Yeah. But we find ourselves enamored with all this stuff. Right. We we are inclined mm-hmm. to gather around the water cooler right. and talk about the latest conspiracy. We do right. that. Yep. But then it deviates from, wait a minute, what does scripture say? Right. <laughs> Let me read for myself, right? Yeah. So, so you've been caught up into this. You're living it. You've got oh, yeah. friends, family, you're on social media. Oh, you definitely. see these things happening. Definitely. You know, and I'll have, you know, videos sent to me from YouTube, uh, some prophet, and this is what's going to happen. And, you know, right. and Christ is coming at this time and all those things. And I just think it's so important, as you said, we just need to keep going back to scripture. We need to be prayerful. We need to be spending time with the Lord in our closets and we need to be praying for the Holy Spirit to illuminate our mind, illuminate our understanding. We need to spend time in the Word and the Holy Spirit. The light bulb will come on. Those are wonderful moments. Mm-hmm. How many times have you experienced that when you've read verses of Scripture over and over and over, and all of a sudden you will see it in a totally new way? Right. You could read you could read the Scripture for an eternity of lifetimes and continue to learn new things. That's right. Which is why being in the presence of God is just going to be a continually amazing experience. We'll never be able to get our minds around God through an eternity 
it's just going to be absolutely amazing and awesome spending time with him and just getting to know him better and better. Yeah. And I think that we all need to pray for better discernment yeah. to to say, and I say that word a lot because it, that's so important to understand. It, it's such an ever elusive thing. We talk about common sense. There's no right. common sense, right. right? I mean, that's that's, that's common. Yeah. I mean, just go to the local grocery store. You'll see there right. is no common sense, <laughs> right? So let's just uh, understand here that any understanding that we have is by way of the Holy Spirit. Philippians Amen. tells us that anything good that comes out of us is because God willed it and did it. Uh, and then he gives us a crown for it, for what he did. Um, and we get to be partakers of that, of what he has done through us. So as we have understanding, as we read his word and that light bulb moment goes off and we're finding ourselves changing course, thinking a little differently, mm-hmm. uh, being more intentional with going to our neighbor and giving the gospel message to those in need and, and less enamored by uh, the, the latest conspiracy and staying true to the mission that is before us as faithful soldiers who aren't putting their roots down deep into the soil, right. but understanding this is an already defeated parcel of land and there's only one kingdom that's coming. Yeah. And the Bible's already told us how it all plays out. I, then we, we have to ask ourselves, are we studying the right things that are keeping us on mission? Uh, we can get so caught up in end-time prophecy, I have seen marriages ruined by it. Definitely. Uh, and my, my mother is very sensitive to that yeah. be, because of, of what's done in our home sure. since the 80s. Wow. Um, and, and what we found ourselves not doing were the basics. Right. Let's go give the gospel to our neighbor. Let's go love people. Let's go to the local <laughs> food pantry, give out food and introduce them yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that we should be uh, not discerning from getting into God's word and and wanting to know this, because we are blessed for reading the book of Revelation. But all this, what we find in that is that that there's so much comfort in knowing that God is in control. No matter what chaos seems to ensue around us, this darkness is still under his authority. And it will not go beyond the bounds where he has delegated, these are your boundaries, go no further. God is in control. He's sovereign over all of it. He wins. And we win with him. And there's victory on the other end forever and ever. So we dare not be discouraged. We keep our eyes on the author perfecter of our faith. And test these things. And with that discernment, we go, well, if I have a check in my spirit about this, Lord, help me to be more sensitive to that. Let Let me put on a filter. When I go and I hear these things, let me take it to the word, take it to prayer, fast over it, is this something I should be mindful of? Is this really necessary? Does it advance his kingdom in any way? Right. Does it go against something of scripture? Um, these are how we test these spoken words. Right. Even anything I say on a Sunday. Yep. That's why I give as much scripture reference right. as possible. So I love that you give scripture to back up what you say. That's right. We yeah. all should do that. Definitely. The more time in the word, the more we'll right. have backup for what we say. Amen. And since we're accountable for every word we say, May they be spoken with grace, with precision, Amen. with truth, love. laced with grace in all that we say. Mm-hmm. Again, our time is out. Ah, How does that so happen? goes by so quickly. Let's just keep going. Yeah. Uh, they won't mind, right? We'll just keep talking for another hour. No, I know. We've got to wrap it up. And we want to thank you for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, all of our dialogue so far. We've got so many more subjects to cover. I know that you're enjoying the time with Dr. Ford as I am. I hope you've enjoyed our time here on Engaged Truth. If you want to go deeper in God's Word, study with other fellow believers, like-minded Christians who just want to know Jesus Christ and understand His Holy Word, come and check us out at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sunday. We've got meetings all throughout the week. You can learn more at calvaryfountain.com. God bless you, my friends.